Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 40 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones and Todd Widener are with me today. It is the Eddie Lee Ivory version of the Average Cheese. I was wondering who you were going to pull off. <laughs> Eddie Lee Ivory, I thought was going to be the savior of the Packers. Back in, it was 81, I think he was drafted. And I thought he was going to be the guy. So that, and he's one of my favorite players, even though he never did shit. Well, I, I was just hoping that this episode lasts longer than his first season did. Yeah, last yeah. like two plays, right? He got yeah. hurt in like the second play of the game. Yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't, then we're going to have to shut down. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Dwight at DGGCustoms.com and Rhonda at RM Management. I put it on Twitter. We are now in 32 states. So welcome to our new listeners in Nebraska. Thanks again to the bots that listen. Make it up. Just, just, just say, Idaho. We're still waiting on Idaho. Oh, really? Yeah. If you would only look at our Twitter account once in a while, I even put the map up and I like colored all the states in with a marker to show where we are. Posted on the Facebook site, is it? <laughs> you know it ain't, Peter. You know it's not. I'm done with I'm done with Facebook unless you're putting it out there. <laughs> you can reach us via email at avgcheese at gmail.com. You can also get us on Twitter at avgcheese, and you will not find us on Facebook. You will find us there, but nothing new has been posted there recently. Uh, I am also thinking about starting a web page, which we can talk about at some point, so we can get some of Peter's great writing on there and then Todd and mine, very mediocre fifth grade type writing on there. But it might be entertaining. It's something we might do. Todd, thoughts on that? Want to write some stuff for the Average Cheese website? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's like when competing with uh, Peter is like competing with Nostradamus. Of we'll just put our shit on a different page. Yeah. <laughs> <You> have to, <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to compare to that. Ours would be opinions. <laughs> you know, the worst thing about it, though, is with all the spelling differences between UK English and American English, I end oh. up writing stuff that's got both versions in, in documents. You're bilingual. I'm going to start using the word whilst, though. I love that when you write that in your articles. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds awesome. It sounds Shakespearean. It's like part while and something else, right? Whilst, yeah. I love that. We're, I'm using that. So let's talk a little Packer news. I promise, Peter, we will not go off on this Packer uh, versus Aaron Rodgers rant. But it has come into the Twitter sphere and the social media that Jake Kummerow being cut was one of the reasons that Aaron Rodgers was angry. 
Todd, since you do also enjoy Whitewater Jesus as much as I do, any thoughts on that? I did like him. Are you know. also pissed as Aaron Rodgers, Todd? Is that it? <laughs> Again, I mean, this all... There, I try to base some of this shit on, on facts, right? I mean, who said something like that? Are there any actual quotes from people that said that, or is people people are just making shit up? Of course it hasn't <laughs> come out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. Well, I think like a, a lot of the stuff, like they, they've got the Jeopardy thing. Now they've got, now they're talking about him, uh, you know, against the Packers front office and he doesn't want to play there and, th- and all this stuff. Now they're just like pulling up everything, right? Oh, it was like, what else, what else can we, you know, throw into the mix? Like, oh, let, you know, what about the Jake Kummerow uh, story last year when he wasn't, he wasn't happy about that either. So let's talk about that now. So what the fuck ever? I, I don't, I don't buy into it. Peter, two minutes. That's all you get. Two minutes to talk about this. I've got nothing on top of what we've already talked about it because okay. it, it'll be an hour and two minutes by the time I finish talking. So, all right. So we'll see where this story goes over the next few days, next few weeks. All right. We won't talk about it. The what? look on your face, though, Peter, is priceless <laughs> right now. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> all right. The Packers on a. On top of signing, well, they haven't signed a bunch of their draft picks, but they have also brought in a bunch of free agents, offensive linemen from San Diego State, Todd's yep. alma mater, yep. Jacob right. Capra. A new guy. It's his new guy. Todd will now start to effort him to get him Todd. on the podcast. Yep. Jacob Capra, if you're out there, you need to come in, Aztec. Maybe I'll get a Capra jersey because I need one this year. You might so- want to get one before he gets cut. We'll see. They also picked up John Dietzen from Wisconsin. Uh, so they have two Wisconsin linemen, including Cole Van Lannon, who we'll talk about later. They picked up a wide receiver named Bailey Gaither, who will follow in James Jones' footsteps, San Jose State, which oh, might boy. be interesting. Defensive lineman Jack Heflin from Iowa, Carlo Kemp from Michigan, who's a linebacker, and safety Christian Uphoff from Illinois State, the Redbirds, where my daughter almost went to college. Good luck to those guys. It is probably the worst year to be an undrafted free agent in the history of the NFL with the huge practice squads that were COVID-related from last year. But, you know, I wish them luck. Peter, any thoughts on any of those guys? I think that Christian Uphoff was was the name that stuck out to me just because I spent a little time watching some of him before the, before the draft itself, and I thought that he had a chance of being drafted. So I thought that that's the immediate name that, that stuck out to me. And I guess it's nice, and we'll get on to Cole Van Lannan, but I think it's nice to have those Wisconsin guys in there so so Dietz and I think that's nice and it's always a great story if one of those guys can somehow stick and make the team. Johnson runs the football right and if that's where we're moving not a bad place to start. This is gonna be a long episode which we might have to cut in half because we're gonna go over the draft today try to get through all seven rounds. At some point I want to talk about how Brian Gutekunst has done in his drafting. Now it's tough to I think 2018 was his first draft so is it unfair to judge him on this few drafts? Maybe it is. Maybe after next year, but I still would like to talk about it. Hits and misses at some point. So let's not do it today because we're going to run out, you know, we're going to run long on time. But I would also like to compare that at some point to Ted Thompson, who was a very good GM. And if you're going to compare your guy to someone, why not compare him to Ted Thompson? So it's something I'd like to do at some point. Round one, Eric Stokes, defensive back. 29th pick, 51st on Peter's UK guide. 
Todd, let's start with you for this one. Your thoughts on Eric Stokes, the defensive back? I think if you listen to our, our live podcast when we were watching the draft, I mean, we were like, what? <laughs> right. I don't hate the pick. I just felt like corner was not in possibly in my top three of needs to, to address. So I was a little shocked to see a corner. I was with you guys, uh, Barrymore and Levi. I, I thought that defensive tackle was really high on my list. A very close second and probably interchangeable one and two would have been linebacker. And then you, you try to evaluate the draft as it goes who's available, who's the best available. If those are the two things you need to address as far as immediate improvement, huge impact right off the bat, I would have said it was those two positions. They had Barrymore and and Levi right there for the picking. I mean, right there. And a lot of those corners were starting to fall down into the second round. So I thought they had, I thought they kind of swung and missed. I mean, I, I think they could have taken a defensive tackle and then, you know, moved up in the second round and either gotten they could have gotten Stokes then. They could have gotten Samuel. They could have gotten who's the guy who played opposite Stokes at Georgia? Uh, Campbell. Washington Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. They could have got Campbell, right? There was a, there was a bunch of guys sitting there in the second round that so you could have got two really significant picks in the first and second round on the defensive side of the football. And I was also confused by bringing back King. Do they need a corner at some point? Yeah. So I don't hate the pick. I would have selected a, a different position at, at number one, but. Stokes, obviously, you know, just looking over all of his all, all of his uh, evaluations. I mean, I was trying to think. I was like, well, what? You know, right right when they picked him, I started thinking, well, what's the intangible that they're looking at at this guy to to really go that high on him? And obviously, I mean, across the board, it's his speed, right? I mean, this guy can flat out fly. And apparently, some of the things that I've read, some people have like quick burst speed. People, some people have like takes them a while, and then they have that once they kind of get moving, they're but this guy is just like flat out fast across the board. So <laughs> you could judge people on different types of bursts of speed, but this guy is uh, across the board, just lightning fast running like a, I think he ran a, a sub four to five at, at one of the uh, combines. So the negatives on him, and this is where, again, I don't know if I would have went as high as a first round pick on him is he has trouble with technique and he has trouble with balance. So, you know, he got smoked by Smith and um, Waddle in the, in the Alabama game, for, for example. But so he, he's got those issues. And I just worry that at this level, if he's got those types of, of issues, I don't know that I would have won a first round pick on him. But I think he's going to play right off the bat, which is nice. And we have one of the best defensive cornerback coaches in the NFL. So that's me on Stokes. Great summary. I think that um, I think he went higher than, than we expected. And I think part of that, as Todd just said, there was the guys that were on the board at the point he was taken as much as anything. Barmore, Tevin Jenkins, if they wanted to go offensive tackle, was on the board at that time. Uwusu Koromoa was on the board at that time, although it turns out that there's a, there is an illness issue with, with him, which is why he dropped into the second round. But certainly Jenkins and Barmore we expected. And so I think it came as a little bit of a surprise. I expected him to go in the middle of the second round guide. We did write that there was a potential that he could slip into the top of the first round. So it's not a huge, huge reach. But yeah, Todd's absolutely right. And this is a guy with lots and lots of speed, was a lot better in 2020 than he'd been in previous years, which is a good thing. You want a guy that's you know progressing. And it's funny for a guy with that level of speed, his 
athletic ability in terms of being able to move and, and, and move quickly. There are some questions about that. Generally speaking, I would say it's a solid pick on a guy that I don't think is going to start immediately, but will we'll press, press for a starting position at some point during this year. I think he'll contribute pretty quickly. So I would say solid rather than outstanding pick. One of the things that I thought was, so I don't know if what we talked about during the draft will ever be a part of any show, but yeah, we were concerned that guys that filled a direct need right now, Christian Barmore from Alabama and Levi Uzurike or however you say it from Washington, those are direct defensive line holes that we could have filled with those guys. And that seemed to be the issue we had with taking Eric Stokes. Now, Greg Newsom was mocked to the Packers a ton of times, and there were a lot of guys thinking we were going to go corner. I don't think as a group, any of us has a huge problem with them going corner if Barmore and Ozarigi are gone already. Then we're thinking, okay, we want to pick the next position that we need because after those two guys, the defensive line is a big abyss, right? So there wasn't much after those two guys but they were available and we picked Eric Stokes instead. Now to go with what you said, Todd, would Eric Stokes have been available at pick 62? Probably not. So then the Packers do have to move up in the draft. They have to either trade out of round one, but then they're not getting Barmore either to move up in the second round. So on draft night, I wasn't super happy with Eric Stokes. But now that I look at how the draft progressed, I don't know that they would have gotten him in the second round without moving up really high because Tyson Campbell was the first pick in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, running mate. The one thing that I don't like about Eric Stokes, the player, is what I see on this draft profile. He's grabby at the top of a route. And Peter and I talked about this on Thursday. That's Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, and it's Ahmad Carroll. And Ahmad Carroll, who fucking sucked. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. Way to bring out the quarters, Peter. But yes, you don't need a guy that's grabby. When you run a 4-2-5-40, you don't need to grab guys because you should be able to catch them. And that's the only hope with him because he has that speed. So he has catch-up speed. So the hope is that, as Todd alluded to, with Jerry Gray, that you can coach that stuff out of him. So let's go back to you, Todd. We grade these people, even though it's unfair to grade them. So I'll start with you, Todd, because you went first. Grade on Eric Stokes, first-round pick of the Packers. I mean, just just based on the – I mean, I I like him as a player. The other thing I would mention before I give my grade, too, is the other thing, he kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder, too. So he's kind of like an in-your-face, kind of like he's got an attitude. He's going to get inside guy's head. And guess who Guess who that sounds exactly like? Yeah, the guy yeah. on the other side. Guy on the other side, right? So now, now you've got two guys chirping in, into a guy's helmets, into their ear holes. That's a nice combination to have. He's versatile and, geez, I, I mean, I'm going to have to go with just a solid B. And that's just based on the fact that I really felt like we could have went to with a defensive tackle based on the draft. Peter? That's exactly what I would have given him, given that pick is, 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 is a B. Yep. Same here. And it's only, it's not Eric Stokes, the player. It's we could have had Barmore or Ozarike. That's the only reason. So I give him a B also. 
That was a very consistent grading scale. Well, well one last thing on, on Stokes before I move on from him, but taking him and, you know, you, you had you, you had the re-signing of King, right, to a one-year deal in the offseason. So you're bringing King back. We all know King's story, right? You're not going to get a full full season out of King. He's going to be hurt and banged up along the way, right? So he's kind of at the tipping point of his career where it's like he's kind of just kind of hanging on to things. But last year, playing opposite of Jair Alexander, I mean, he had a lot of pressure on him, a lot. So would it make sense? And of course, you know, you throw Petten into the mix too. Uh, that didn't help matters. But would it make sense now where King is at in his career to move him into a slot if Stokes proves to be what we think he could be? If you're asking me, I say no. I say King is too long of a body. I don't think he has the short area quickness that you want in the slot. I think that King's only responsibility is to hold that corner spot for the first six or seven weeks of this next season and let Eric Stokes come in afterwards. I think he is just a stopgap guy. I think the Packers would want him to play well, of course, but if he does, then they got to pay him a buttload of money. Like he is very incentive laden on his contract. So I I don't think he's anything more than the first six weeks while Stokes gets his feet underneath him. So second round, Josh Myers center, Ohio state 62nd pick. And 90th on Peter's guide. Why don't you go first, Peter? Thoughts on Josh Myers? Solid player. I would have expected him to have gone around later than he went. You know, I would have expected him to have gone late third round, early fourth, I guess. And there is a little bit of a pattern through most of the picks in this draft that most of them went a little bit higher than I certainly would have expected. However, again, sometimes you get stuck in this position, don't you, as they would have been potentially with Stokes, where ideally... There are about 10 or 15 picks after the pick that you've got, but you know that by the time you get your next pick, they've gone. So if that's the guy that you really want, then then I guess you have to go for him. Again, part of the situation for me with Myers was that Creed Humphrey was on the board and went with the very next pick to the to the Chiefs. Yeah. And I think that Myers and Humphrey are not dissimilar. I just think for me, Humphrey had a little bit more movement. I think he fits the scheme very well. I think Myers will will come in and I think he'll start on day one. And I think that's what they absolutely had to have, picking a guy that high. I think Myers will start on day one. Can play guard as well, but I don't think that's, I hope that's not something that they're thinking about really. I think he he has, has for me, he has to come in and start on day one. He's not quite as physical as you'd like, but he's a big guy for a centre at at 6'5". That's big for a centre. I think he's just one of those guys and again, there's a little bit of a theme through this draft that I would say is solid rather than somebody that jumps off the screen at you. Doesn't give up a lot of penalties, doesn't give up a huge number of sacks, solid in the running game. So I can't grumble in terms of the player that they've got. I just expected him to have gone a little bit later and for Humphrey to have been the pick because he was there on the board. Yeah, and what you don't mention right there, Peter, and you're starting to come around to my way of thinking, I hope, is that Creed Humphrey wrestled. And I would also have liked Creed Humphrey in that spot because I'll take wrestlers. You know me. I've said it a billion times on Twitter and on this show. I will take guys in the trenches that have wrestled because they are going to hand fight and they're going to be nasty inside. Now, I have no problem with Josh Myers. I love that he's a Big Ten center. I always like Big Ten linemen. I'm very biased towards that. 
what you said is exactly what I was going to say. He wouldn't have been around in round three. The Packers would have had to jump way up to get him. They wouldn't have gotten. You have drafted the guy that should be your center for the next hopefully five to seven years, maybe more, depending on what happens contract-wise. I think this is a solid pick, especially if he comes in right away. That allows you to move Patrick to guard and leave Jenkins alone, like you've talked about before, Peter. Like, we can't keep shuffling the deck with that guy because it's going to hinder his career at some point. And you really want the man, I'm talking about Jenkins, to be a guard or whatever he's going to be for you so he can be even better at it. I like the pick, even though I also would have wanted Creed Humphrey. Todd, any thoughts on Josh Meyer? Yeah, when they... um... When I saw this pick, my first reaction was, oh, yeah, center. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I completely forgotten about it. I mean, it wasn't even on my radar until I saw it. And then, I, again, I, a little disappointed that, that we didn't go after what I felt were the needs uh, with a defensive tackle or, or a linebacker. But, you know, this kind of, this solves the puzzle, right, of the offensive line. We don't have to worry that, like, I fully agree with Peter, this guy's going to come in and start immediately i I think day one he's going to be our starter whether that's at center or whether that's at guard but he's going to solidify the line so that there's not this complete guys jumping over and taking other people's spots and and trying to figure out where where they're supposed to be from game to game to game we should expect that bakhtiari isn't going to start the season at least probably the first week maybe second week right so there is there's already going to be a shuffle of the deck um, that's going on right now but at least it's not you know as bad as it could be, and it also signals that they're probably not that high on Jake Hansen. I mean, I, I really thought that maybe this you know when when they drafted Hansen last year that that might be the answer coming up. But when I saw this pick, I was like, oh, they must not be so high on Hansen. So, but solid pick all around. So let's go with the grades, Peter. Grade on Josh Myers. I'm going to go with a C plus. Okay. I think that Josh Myers is a B. I think picking up a starting lineman in the second round, clear hole that needed to be filled, uh, that's a B for me. It would have been a higher grade if it had been Creed Humphrey. I mean, I would almost go B plus, but I can also go with a B, um, a solid B pick as well. And not to let keep on repeating myself, but I do think that the loss of Corey Lindsley obviously is a huge loss and being able to make a selection that, you know, undoubtedly this guy's going to come in and start. So, I mean, it takes out all the guesswork. It solidifies the offensive line and you have a great player that's probably going to develop, like you said, Dale, and into, you know, five to seven years, you should expect this guy to be a, a starter. So is it B or B plus? I'll go B plus. All right. Look at you, Mr. Positivity. <laughs> well, because of the fact that, I mean, he's going to start, right? And you're, you're taking the position of an, of an all-pro center. And if you listen to episode one ever, I don't think Todd got over D minus in the first draft. So this is a real change of events. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. So proud. Yeah. Thanks my ways. Todd also says he's going to eat his words a lot. So I think he just likes to eat paper. Let's, we'll figure out how to eat the words thing for this draft. It has to be something new. Well, this year it'll be something new for okay. Gary. He's got to get 10 sacks. Yeah, it's always going to be a Rashawn Gary 10 <laughs> sacks. I'll be rooting for him even more than usual this year. Third round, Amari Roger, wide receiver Clemson, 85th pick in the draft, 105th on Peter's guide. I'll go first on this one. I absolutely love this pick. 
I would have taken Amari Rogers in the second round. I think that he is the best pick of all the picks in this draft because he fits a direct need again in two spots. He takes Tyler Irvin's role and he also fills the wide receiver role. He's versatile. He reminds me of Ty Montgomery. That's the guy that I know that he's had a lot of comparisons to Randall Cobb, but I don't see Randall Cobb's frame. I see Ty Montgomery's frame. I see a guy that if you put him in the backfield, he's an actual threat to carry the football rather than just run out into the pattern. I thought when Montgomery was in Green Bay, McCarthy wasn't creative enough to use a guy like Ty Montgomery. LaFleur will love to have Amari Rogers in the backfield. Here's what I see. Like I envision a split backfield of Jones and Rogers. Who do you cover? You know what I mean? They both do wheel routes, one down one side and one down the other. Somebody's getting open. And if it's not them, it's Devontae Adams, it's Tanya, and it's somebody. I love this pick. And he's also a special teams guy. I know I'm taking a lot of the stuff that you guys are, might be wanting to talk about, but this is my favorite pick in the draft, Amari Rogers from Clemson. Todd, what do you think? I agree. I, I had receiver at, at least in like the, my third pick. So this like felt right in line with that. So I, I have watched, I did watch a lot of this guy. I think that signals the end of Tyler Irvin in Green Bay. I mean, I really do. There's, there's really no point. You know, I'm sure he'll find a team somewhere else, but that's got to be the end of Tyler Irvin. But yeah, I think it solves two glaring needs to, to get us to really solidify that slot receiver position. And you get what was a complete debacle last year of our punt return game. So win-win all over across the board, talented player, comes from a big school, played in big games. What more can you say? It was a really good pick. Kind of surprised he was there, but I was I think we, we came out ahead on this one. Peter, thoughts? I like that. And again, he's one of those guys that wouldn't have been there if they'd, had, if they'd waited for him. I mean, they even traded up. You know, they gave away one of their fourths to get up the seven slots, I think it was, to get him. It's a very nice pick, and it gives them a player that they don't have. It gives them a player that's produced at the highest level, and I think that's important. This is a guy that's played big in big games. And interesting, he's not necessarily, as you described, he's not necessarily a typical slot receiver because he's a bigger-bodied guy than your typical Randall Cobb or a Wes Welker or one of those guys. He's a little, little bit bigger body. He's a little bit stronger. Hands are good. Can beat teams deep, but doesn't have great doesn't have great speed. Is really good after the catch. Really good after the catch. You know, and as you both said, very solid punt return. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's a very it's a very nice pick. Very nice pick. So grades. I'll start with the grade. The only thing that keeps Amari Rogers from being an A is that he does run the 4-5-40. He's not a blazing speed guy. He's not Rondell Moore out of that slot position. I think he's not going to catch balls. He's not going to be reaching up and grabbing, snatching balls out of the air. He doesn't have a huge catch radius because he's a smaller guy. But I give him an A-. minus. Uh, what do you think, Peter? A- minus for me. I'm going to go with an A. I don't think he has to be fast. I don't think he has to to have, you know, blazing speed at, at the position. You know, I mean, Randall Cobb wasn't a – none of those guys that are in the slot. The reason they're in the slot is because they don't have blazing speed. They can't be on the outside. They're undersized. I'm going to go with an A. I, I think they really they, they really got what they wanted 
uh, with this pick. So I think it's going to – and, again, uh, this guy should be a starter day one. You should see him on the field for sure. Totally agree. Fourth round, Royce Newman guard, Ole Miss, 142nd pick, 214th on Peter's guide. Peter, you weren't super high on this guy. You want to talk about – why he had slid down that far on your guide? I think the reason he's gone higher than where I had him is because of his versatility. So I think this is a guy that can play tackle and guard. I don't think he excels at either, but I think he's very certainly very solid at tackle, two-year starter at right tackle. Doesn't quite have the size, the ideal size, or the ideal movement, lateral movement to play tackle for me which is why I think he will probably end up at, at guard. And I think the other thing that is a little bit of a downside, he's, he's one of those guys that doesn't appear to have that nasty streak. More of a technique guy than a physical, overpowering type guy, but very, very solid. He absolutely makes the team. There's no question, there's no question he makes the team. I expect him to make, a team as, make the team as probably a backup at, at, at tackle and guard. And I think that over time that he'll compete for a starting spot at right, at right guard. I don't think that will necessarily be this year, but perhaps next year I think we, we would expect to see him compete for the starting spot at right guard. I think he's almost the guy that they thought that they hoped they were getting in Cole Madison a couple of years ago. Very similar type guy. So, yeah, in summary, solid all round. Doesn't blow you around away, but the versatility is good. Good technique. Nice pick. You know, it, like I say, I think he probably would have been there around later, but we don't know that he would have been. And from their perspective, if that's the guy that they liked, can't blame them for, for taking him. I think he, he fits what the Packers like in those offensive linemen. So, no, yeah, nice, solid pick. Got any thoughts on... Royce Newman. I see this pick is like a stopgap to get Bakhtiari ready. I mean, depending on, you know, where his uh, recovery is at, whether he, he's going to be ready to go or not, I think this lends a little bit of insurance policy to the offensive line and some depth. But I would have to think – I'm just disappointed with the Packers at this pick. I think, again, where's my linebacker and defensive tackles? <laughs> Still waiting, you know, and we're in round four, so. Right. And then they haven't picked one yet. And they haven't picked one yet. My concern for him is he's a redshirt senior, Newman. Guys have usually developed most of their strength, you know, their man strength. I don't know what to call it. If you come out early and you're going to develop your strength, I get that. But this isn't an 18-year-old kid or a 19-year-old kid. He's a redshirt senior, 6'5", 310, so it's not like he's tiny. He is a positional blocker. Now, it's been interesting with the Packers and who they've drafted because Stepaniak is a mauler. I would yeah. call Cole Van Lannen in between like a positional guy and a mauler, but then they've got Runyon, who I would say is a positional guy. So I don't know if that's purposeful, if they're trying to pick a mix of guys, you know, between maulers and, and this guy, Newman. His arms, he is a 32-inch arm length which is very short for yeah. a lineman yeah and, and that's one of the reasons he's very unlikely he plays tack in the nfl and in fact runyon is probably on the packers roster is probably the closest player to this to this guy Guard. yeah so far i mean i don't have a huge problem with this guy i just i don't know what the identity of their line is if maybe it is finesse guys maybe it is positional guys maybe the zone blocking scheme and all that stuff 
you know, lends towards this guy's strengths. And I hope it does. That really starts to make me think that Stepaniak was just a guy they drafted to see what they could get. So let's go with you, Peter. Draft grade for Royce Newman. It's a C for me. Are we reading each other's minds? Are we in each other's head? Because that's sort of where I was going to. Just because is he value here? I don't know if he is. I I don't think he's value. That's the real issue for me. Is I think he's there around later, if not two two rounds later. So C for you, C for me, Todd. You're the Mister Positive, so I'm gonna put a higher grade down for you. Uh, I gotta go D plus because I just uh, I I'm kind of confused at you know using this pick on a number four fourth round pick on someone like this. I think he would have been or someone comparable would have been available down the road a little bit. Wasn't wasn't too impressed with that pick. I tend to agree. And we are going to cut it off there. Uh, Episode 41 will be rounds five through seven of the draft and some guys who we think are going to get cut as a result of the Packers 2021 draft picks. Thanks for listening. Go Pack Go! Go!